Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Mankind is in the habit of creating its own monsters. And fortunately, once in a while, it also gets the chance to destroy them. A case in point, this Trident 2 ICBM missile. What? It's a what? MacGyver, what in God's name are you talking about? He's, t- he's playing with rockets. MacGyver's a rocket man. Oh, MacGyver. MacGyver's playing with a rocket. <laughs> it's a really big rocket. It's a really no big less. rocket with a really dangerous tip. It. Oh, I think all tips are going to be are going to be dangerous, Greg. <laughs> oh, welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I'm Skloofy Skloof. Skloofy, how are you today? <laughs> I'm Greg Klein. <laughs> Today, it's episode 56 of Mullets and Memories. Greg and I will be discussing season three, episode 12, Early Retirement. Oh. And it is not oh. it is not the episode that we were thinking. It is not the episode in which MacGyver has a midlife crisis <laughs> and decides to retire. Pete does something awful. Pete does it? Pete does something awful. Oh, he doesn't really. He doesn't really do it. He doesn't it. really do something awful. No, he doesn't. He just, he just gets so butthurt about um, it. But I, I, want, I want to touch base on something before we get into the episode. So I noticed something as we were looking through images. So we had noticed that this episode takes place in, I would imagine, the same location as Killzone, where they just destroyed six levels under the earth <laughs> of laboratory. Yes. And they're back. But what I noticed is when these guys in hazmat suits walk by this facility, they walk by a warhead dismantlement facility. Oh. Number three. So not only does the Phoenix Foundation have one warhead dismantlement facility, they've got three. three. Uh, It's just, it's so funny to me that they're just a think tank. Oh right, sure. They don't do anything. They just a bunch of a bunch of eggheads they're, sitting around a boardroom, you know, talking about how to how to make the world safer. Their expertise is R and D. That's it. That's it. That is, what hip hop albums are? What, what do yes, R and D. The hip hop album. Yeah, it's it's a new hip hop genre. It's oh, the not research R&B. and development. Genre. <laughs> not R and B. No, no, Gregory. That's oh, not no, what that would be nice. Can you imagine Pete? You <laughs> yes, know, I can. Getting all like smooth. Well, if yeah, Pete. Maybe that could be a new career if Pete really decides he wants to retire. Oh, I could see Pete playing Pete, like sexy jazz sax. Get it? Be like a little. Do you ever see Watch Parks and Rec? No. Nah, oh, yeah, a little bit. Be like Duke Silver. Okay. Ron Swanson's alter <laughs> yeah. ego who plays the saxophone at yeah. these swanky nightclubs. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I could see Pete donning the shades with the, with, the, with the fedora on his head and just like walks in all suave and shit. Yeah. Yo, what's up? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. It's a warhead dismantlement facility. But yeah, I, I think it's hysterical because we literally watched it blow up. We watched the whole thing and they show it's the same like crane shot that comes down in the same in the I, same facility, the same set, the same everything, the same signage, even though they just blew up that lab. The sure, last they just episode. reused they just re they must have just reused that opening no, you, footage. You better hope that they're built in a salt mine or whatever because 
like that super deadly virus or whatever was down there that made Dr. Uh, Jillian Dr. Schmankman Dr. Schmankman Jillian something or other like age 60 years and five minutes killed her dog yeah killed her dog (laughs) killed her killed the plants in the room started eating through the glass yep like then they blew the place up. It better be hermetically sealed forever. You would think, but because, no. Yeah, we're gonna dismantle nuclear weapons above it. So let's say there is a problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so now know. they're now they're seven levels below the earth instead of six because the first six levels are charred, <laughs> including the corpse of Doctor Schmankman. Oh, just vaporized. He's now one hundred and sixty-four years old. Wouldn't that be something? Like she dies, but we're we're jumping back to the previous episode here. But if she dies, but like also rots, accelerated, like like she <laughs> dies and her, her her skin starts shriveling and drying, and she just like liquefies and her bones fall apart, and there's just bones on the ground and like this big pile of grease. So that's it's like ten minutes post mortem. Yeah, is roughly equivalent of like eight years underground <laughs> just completely decomposed. so since we've totally regressed i have to make a point about Please the last episode. so in the description it specifically said a female scientist smuggled aboard this virus on this whatever yeah it was. yeah yeah why did they have to say a female scientist I, it could yeah no one ever says a male scientist right. did this she's just a scientist right she's a scientist she's a very aggressive scientist mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter if she's a male or a female no i was kind of i was thinking about that I'm like why did they even say that <laughs> why would they have to mention that it's Absolutely. irrelevant it is irrelevant um let's um let's get back on track and talk about early retirement shall we oh yes david all right so what you guys just heard was um macgyver is um sort of spearheading this disassembly program and he's they're basically taking apart an intercontinental ballistic missile <laughs> yes. for the pentagon he's he's sure. taking the charge out of it so that it will no longer be able to detonate right at all. It, it, i understood it was some program pete was working on and macgyver was working yeah. on it with him yeah and they're and they're showing this procedure off to the top brass yeah it's like hey we can take care of these things safely right i think i think pete at one point says like our top brass is here so make it look good yeah make it look good <laughs> don't destroy the yeah. entire region Let, let's make the nuclear warhead disassembly look real good yeah you know do it flashy <laughs> do it flashy like a bartender does you know do that right so macgyver has to remove the it's a detonation charge basically mm. so that they can't if once if they ever if it ever gets stolen there's nothing they can do to set this warhead off. Right. So they start, and it's a very, 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 very slow, very drawn-out sequence. Was it? How they, slow was it? Very, very, very slow. Ah. Yes. Um, and so, essentially, you know, MacGyver is slowly moving through it, and he's pulling the pieces out of it. And at one point, he goes, boys, this charge has got enough to bring the whole place down. Right. Just oh, the- oh, really? Like it did literally in the last episode? Right. Like this little, because it, I think he's removing the explosive primer that then yes. sets off the nuclear reaction. Yeah. I just, right. it's just, I just think it's funny with, because the, literally the, 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 found, the Phoenix Foundation set itself for auto-destruct in the last episode. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> That's I, right. I just think, I don't know. I just, there was, you had mentioned this earlier in the episode. No, you didn't actually, before we even recorded, that you love the world build. That this yeah. show has created, right? Because it's so inconsistent. The world that that MacGyver and Pete and Nikki and everybody are living in is just haphazard. Yeah, like it's so crazy. It's all over the place. Yeah, exactly. None of it adds up. It's yeah, and it's amazing. And and there's never any follow through. Like there's a a moment at the end of this episode. I can almost guarantee you we're not going to see any end result of it. And we'll get <laughs> right. into it when we get to the end. But of course, you know, he removes the primer charge successfully. 
nothing happens and he gets ready to send it down to a bunker for safe detonation they're basically going to detonate it probably even lower yeah they're going to go <laughs> <in> underneath the <laughs> underneath the destroyed lab and to go below it right uh, who knows as, Wherever far, they're as far down as they can go um so a little bit later pete is talking to ed farrell which I think this is the first time we've actually seen a foundation board member. Right. He's a found he's the chairman of the foundation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know this is probably the first time since we didn't see them in season 1 because they weren't the Phoenix Foundation. So a season and a half that we've seen an actual person other than Pete and MacGyver right. who works for like a real not just like a background person, right. like a real person. Who's, oh, someone's on the board of the foundation. Someone's actually out there. It's not just Pete making all this up. Right. So we, Why, we find out that MacGyver, like, down the road discovers that Pete's been faking it and the foundation doesn't exist. And he's, just been, front. he's just been working for this crazy bald guy. <laughs> that would be the greatest series finale ever. <laughs> it's like, with, like the very end of the episode, like, Pete goes unconscious for some reason and MacGyver's like, Pete, Pete, are you awake? And we, like, do the dissolve out and Pete wakes up in a hospital bed with no knowledge of anyone and just turns out the whole thing was Pete in, like, a seven-year coma. <laughs> That'd be amazing. The whole show took place It'd in be his like head. a whole Bob Newhart thing where he just wakes up and Pete's alone. Oh, God. It'd be Post-apocalyptic awful. wasteland. Oh. It's like the Omega Man that with Pete Thornton. <laughs> Pete Thornton is the Omega, Omega Man. Man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so... So Ed Farrell is the foundation chairman. 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 He's the chairman. He yes. carries the chairs into the building. Yes, of course he does. <laughs> um, so Pete, who's like talking a million miles a minute at Ed, he's he's literally ready. He's like, "Well, I got a new project that I'm really I'm really excited about." He's like, "When can we sit down and talk about it?" And Ed's like, um, "Why don't we just go ahead and why don't you stop talking for a few minutes there, Pete? All right, let's just take a back seat for a second, okay?" Uh, uh. And he's he's really worried because he's concerned that. Pete is starting to burn out a little bit with the amount of work he's been doing, just like project on top of project on top of project. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ed's like, you know what? Why don't we just why don't we just hang tight? Um, and I think did we pull the clip? Yeah. Of when Ed and Pete are talking, I thought this was an interesting, and you 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 pulled it the first time, but we, we pulled a clip of them talking shortly after this moment, and, and Ed sent something really interesting. Ed, the team on this has been great. Just great. That's excellent, Peter. You know, after spending our youth helping the DSX wage a cold war, isn't it nice to be older, wiser, and part of the peace process? Wait, wait, what? So, wait, the DXS, the Department of External Services, waged a cold war with with the help of the Foundation? Okay. (laughs) Think tank. Just a think tank. They have nothing. They don't wage wars. Why would they? They undermine governments by thinking, maybe. Which, this is another continuity issue, because they're talking about, you know, the DXS waging war with the Foundation's help when they were in their youth. Mm -hmm. So Pete's been part of the Foundation for how many years? Forever. And that's the thing. So (laughs) remember that episode, uh, the first Murdoch episode, where, where they explain how Pete and MacGyver met? Yeah, eight years ago. Right. So... What was Pete doing? He worked for the DXS. He was right. working for the DXS but then. The, but the foundation was still a thing. So I'm wondering... Right. So I think the DXS, because they worked for the DXS in season one, but then Pete got promoted right. to, the found, to the Phoenix Foundation in season two. Okay. So he jumped companies, essentially. Like, he left the DXS to go work for the Phoenix Foundation. Okay, I get it. I guess. I just think it's funny that now we realize that the found, Phoenix Foundation's been around since Pete's been a youthful man. It's like 146 years the foundation's clearly been around. Because Pete is 
146 years old? Well, at eight years. It'd probably be more, be more like 160. 160. He probably started with the foundation at... Thousand years. Yes. Pete's old. <laughs> Pete's an old guy. I can imagine he's getting burned out. Um, so the, the foundation board, and now we meet all the board members, including a gentleman named Matt Weber, who's, who's an intelligence director. Like all both of them? All both of them. So we meet Matt Weber, who's the intelligence director, and then Ed Farrell, who's just the chairman of the foundation. And then I think MacGyver's in there. Is MacGyver in there? Uh, I don't believe so. No. no. It's Matt, it's Pete, and Ed, and there's a few other no-name guys just like sitting around a table. <laughs> so apparently the, the country of Sambaga... Yes. Is sending their president, President Amundi, to yep. his first visit to the United States. Now, Amundi is like a a, a dirty guy. He's like yeah. a war criminal. He's got a, he's got a history. Yeah. And immediately, Matt Weber is like, I don't trust him. Why are we bringing him here? No, don't, all due respect, sir. Right. He's like, I am questioning his commitment to peace. <laughs> he sponsored dozens of terrorist organizations. I don't think he's here for the right reasons. And he's like, come on, we got to show the right image. We got to be welcoming. I'm Pete Thornton. Right. Come on. MacGyver's my best friend. <laughs> he bought me this hairpiece. And I look good. Pete, you're not wearing a hairpiece. <laughs> shut up. You shut up. It's on my hair and it looks great. <laughs> Sometimes I like to put it in the back of my pants and pretend I have overarching back hair. Ginger ale with shaved ice. Pete, maybe you should maybe you should just take a sabbatical for a couple weeks. Shaved ice, shaved ice. I think I think it's time for us to move on. We'll just, I want okay. We'll, let him, we'll just let him fizzle out. He'll, shaved he'll ice, shaved ice. What is happening so, to us? So Pete's like, listen, the evidence in his favor is like circumstantial. He's like, this mm. is it is what it is. I'm willing to give this guy a chance. We need to bring him in. And show him that, like, show him a good time. We're all here for for the peace, for the peace time, for the peace. So, Farrell or Ed, I, I hate using last names. I prefer using first names. So, Ed, he sort of supports Pete. He's like, listen, I agree with Pete, and Weber's like, fine, I'll do the job no matter what. Right, no matter what I think of him. So he's like a cl- this guy's very much got that stereotyped. He's a terrorist from another country, and mm-hmm. he's going to come in and he's going to murder all of us. Right. That's yeah. his mindset for almost the entire, well, no, for the entire episode. Sure. Um, so they review the security plans, and Armund is, uh, Armund, Amund. Amundi. Amundi. This is like you and uh, freaking Mike, Jack, and Mac. <laughs> oh, God, don't start that. Uh, they confirmed, so Amundi is actually going to be arriving at Union Station in his private train car. Okay. Um while the press is going to be led to believe that he's actually going to the hotel. So they're just sort of like, yeah. so to make sure he arrives safely, mm-hmm. they're telling the press, well, he'll be at the hotel here, but he's actually going to be arriving in his private train. And he's just going to stay there in his train car because he doesn't trust anybody. So he's going to go off the grid and live like a hobo for a yeah, couple of weeks. pretty much with his, with his bindle and a coffee can with bad coffee in it. Great. Pete will snuggle up next to him with the, by the campfire, yeah. singing campfire warm songs. Warm each other up with body heat. He'll walk onto the. He'll, he'll try to put his shaved ice over the fire, and then realize that that doesn't work, and then just drink boiling oh, hot water. Wendy just smacks him with a riding crop. Where are we going with this? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Pete's like Weber. Why are you being such a dick? <laughs> like he's like, why are you being such a dick against this guy? You know, like, I just don't trust him. But uh, you know, I think I think you know, I'll 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 do what the foundation wants. I'll I'll I'll. I'll be upstanding. Yeah, I'll do the proper security, and we'll make it all good. Even though apparently Amundi's terrorists are like his terrorist sect, 
mm-hmm. apparently killed some of Weber's men a couple of years ago. Right, the, like two two of his men, and Pete knew about it. He's like, yeah, I know, that's unfortunate, but we really got to do this. Like, Pete right. kind of brushed it off. It's sort of like the needs of the few outweigh the need. Like, it's like, right. yeah, he killed a couple of your guys, but we're talking about, like, peace with an entire nation. Exactly. And Weber's like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, what, what, whatever, Pete. So then we, cut, then we cut to the hockey rink, and Max just... Where he belongs on the ice. Oh my god, yes. I love watching him on the ice. MacGyver can skate. Um, Apparently, MacGyver's idea of having Pete relax because he's so burnt out is by using him as the goalie for (laughs) Max shot practice. (laughs) Right, so Max just like, well, you don't know this. He's winging winging these hockey pucks at uh, at this goalie who's blocking them. Three in a row, yeah. And then the goalie takes his mask off and it's Pete. Like, did you like, see yeah. that? Did you see what I did? I blocked those shots. Yeah, you yeah, you did something terrible. You blocked four perfect shots. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the thing I'm thinking right now, so wait, Mac and Pete get their own ice time in a deserted ice rink? Of course they do. Because the Phoenix Foundation's a think tank. Oh, right. This is probably like in their rec room or something. <laughs> it is. MacGyver just has like a basement level ice rink. Yeah, like underneath uh, the like, Griffin Observatory. Like Olympic size, gigantic. He still uses the Griffith Observatory from the pilot where he lived for one episode. Yeah. But he built an ice rink underneath, so he still <laughs> uses that. Um, so MacGyver is clearly not necessarily trying to baby Pete, but he's really just trying to get Pete's mind off of his job. And he's mm-hmm. like, Pete, you are burning out. And so Pete kind of like hulks out on MacGyver. And Pete's like, no, I'm fine. I, I dare you to do your best right now. I'm seriously, I'm fine. Go ahead. Hit another one at me. I dare you. Yeah. Hit another puck at me. And he's like going at him like hardcore. And MacGyver's like, okay, sure, fine. I'll do it. Slap shots and sinks it on him. Yeah. And Pete's like, ah. Yeah. But Pete's like, we got to be on our best tomorrow at the dismantling more nuclear weapons. <laughs> right. He's like, all right, fine. Whatever. Like, I think these guys do like one job for a couple of weeks and move on to something else, never to go back again. I think the foundation pays very, very well for them to be able to take to, like weeks off because it's clearly i mean obviously it's not like kill zone was the week before and then this is seven days later there's clearly yeah. a passing of time right they must pay really really well although i'm wondering if they docked their pay because the phoenix foundation west division had to self-destruct <laughs> yeah yeah but that was all what's her name jillian's fault that was yeah so they're probably in the clear um <laughs> so we cut back to weber weber and he's in his office and there's Nikki. Nikki walks in. I'm like, oh, and they start. Oh, first it cuts. No, Nikki's in there. Then Weber walks in. Weber walks in, and Nikki's in her off in his office, and they start making out. Like I wrote a note. I said, ugh, Nikki and Matthew. Oh yeah, and they're ugh. clearly they're clearly dating. Yeah, and Matthew's just like this smarmy piece of crap. Ugh. I didn't like him from the beginning. And then Nikki, it's just like, ugh, yeah. So Nikki. Come on. Yeah. She like, and of course, you know, immediately like Nikki is not the type of person who's going to find a relationship because this is the first relationship that we've known of since her husband was blown up in a car bomb. Right. That she doesn't tell anybody. You have about. to imagine at this point, like she's not like something's going to happen. Well, here. I think after the <laughs> last episode where, where um, MacGyver and Nikki, like the postal bomb. One, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I think MacGyver probably like did therapy with Nikki and like helped her through it because that's what they did. Absolutely, passionately, lots of passion, lots of passionate hate sex. Yeah, and now she's dating Weber and that stupid dog Bunky watching them. <laughs> oh God! Oh Bunky, <laughs> <laughs> who tried to save her life, but she thought he was a dick right. because Bun- he was barking at the door. Bunky's choking on the asbestos cord that what's his name tried to strangle her with. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Nikki, your neighbor's dog's throwing up. It's fine. Just, just, just it's fine. It's fine. Keep ther- therapying me. So, so Weber invites her out to dinner, and she's like, "You know what? I'm really, really busy with the security arrangements. But here's the report. Here's all you need to know." And then she kind of like just leaves. She's right. Like, all right. Peace out. So, so she's like taking care of a lot of the details of the security of this whole visit. Right. Yeah, and giving it all to Weber. Right. Weber's just that guy. Yeah. He's the intelligence director. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh. so Weber eventually meets up with a DSX operative whose name I've forgotten because <laughs> there are a lot of no-name people that he just like, just like his lackeys that he ends up working with throughout the course of the episode. Right. So I'm not going to name them because they don't care about them. <laughs> no, they are just there to, to move the plot <laughs> to, forward. Right. They're there because they both share in this hatred of, of Amundi and they don't want him coming into the country either. There you go. There it is. Um, so they're opposed to this and now that Weber has been given the security plans, he knows exactly how to do this and he's going to capture Amundi with his other men, torture him for inter- information on these terrorist organizations and then they're just going to release him. Yeah. Catch strictly catch and release. That's all it is. They're going to beat the shit out of him, get his information, and be like, "All right, cool, you can go." Enjoy, like, I thought, have fun. Welcome to America, sir. <laughs> I thought it was going to be an assassination. That's what it felt like. Like, at first. do you want to sanction him? Right. Yeah. And like, no, we're just going to kidnap him, and we're going to do terrible things, and get him to tell us where all of his mean friends are. Right. I don't know. I love that. You're just like, okay, welcome to America, Mister Mundi. This is how we do it. <laughs> when when we get to how they do that, I have some. I got some things to talk about. Oh yes, mm. yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So we cut back to the final defueling. So they have to actually remove. They have to get all the fuel out of the missile before right. they send this. All, thing all the rocket fuel, like jet fuel, kerosene, all this shit. They so, gotta get it out of there. So they're starting to take. They're starting to defuel the missile, and they're getting ready to shut down the pump, but the. You know the the wires and everything, and the tubing. Everything starts going haywire, mm-hmm. and this charge starts building up in the machinery, uh-huh. and it eventually shorts out and starts a fairly large fire. Right, then it explodes. This pump it blows up, blows gasoline or kerosene all over the. Place. And at first, I was like, "Oh, okay." So there's you see three guys who like they do the run and jump like yeah. away from the fire. I'm like, "All right, right. these three guys are like they clearly they're okay." Yeah. This one dude comes around the corner on fire. I know. Like, like the slow motion. So MacGyver somehow gets himself over to there, throws a blanket on him, and puts this guy out. Right. He survives. But the three guys who like dove away from the fire, mm. all dead. Yep, they're all dead. I was like, oh, okay. that must have been a really... Really hefty explosion because okay. the fire didn't even touch them. No, they're all these three guys are dead. Yet the guy who's on fire, they're like, yeah, he's gonna make a full recovery. He's fine. He'll be fine. Okay. Um, and I love they, they later on they tell Mac that oh by the by the way MacGyver the guy that you saved he'll be fine. Mac's like oh good oh good yeah <laughs> great thanks. And sure. so then we have this moment of Pete. He looks defeat just devastated. Yeah, he's just like what the hell just happened yeah he's all freaked i out. have no idea what the hell just happened like this is his baby he ha- he's all freaked out like people are dead on his watch yeah yeah oh Spooky. it was brutal i know and i thought the whole scene was really quick yeah from the explosion to that really well done like, yeah it was at that point i was like all right this might actually be a pretty good episode like nikki's out of the picture God. like you know macgyver's running over the fire blanket to put out a guy in a hazmat suit <laughs> it looked like uh the hazmat suits are very similar to uh the suits in uh back to the future yes My- michael well that doc and michael j fox were wearing at the, be- at the end of marty 
at the end yeah. of one, at the end of Back to the Future, right? Right when yeah. he comes out of the car and people are like, "Oh my god, it's that same kind of hazmat suit." So I remember looking Similar. at this in this episode and realizing this this was only the end of Act One, so this is eighteen minutes in, right? So this is a really long first first act of the episode, and so then we cut back to Pete, and he's now in the he's in the boardroom at the foundation, yeah, and Weber yep. and another guy who are basically they're bringing the report back and they're like, "Listen, Pete, like this wasn't tampered with." There's no signs of sabotage. Like, this was a freak accident. Like, this yeah. could have happened at any point to anyone. Peter's like, no, I, I've gone over that multiple times, checked and double-checked. I don't understand. I missed something. Right. And so, like, Pete's, like, blaming himself for not checking again. Like, he's like, he checked it at least once or twice, but he's like, I should have checked it again. I didn't, like, yeah. I didn't look at it. And, you know, Ed, Ed's like, listen, Ed kicks the other guys out, and he's like, listen, Pete, the government is going to want somebody fired. Like, yeah. There's just no question. The government's going to want someone out. And Pete's like, Ugh, I know who it is. I know who it is, Ed, but I, I really have no choice. But I'm going to go ahead and just hand you in my resignation. Weber is more than ready to take over this position. So mm-hmm. effective right now, I'm out. And, okay. and Weber's in. Okay, then. I was like, oh, one single tear rolling Pete, down Pete's Pete. cheek. Yeah, he's just like, ugh. It's like, it's like the Incredible Hulk walking away song. Like, boop, 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 boop. Pete's just like slowly walking out with his, God. <laughs> his bag like, over his shoulder. Pete, Pete's like really stoic though. He doesn't show any emotion really. No. Except for this next scene where MacGyver comes finding him. Yeah. So he walks in and Pete's like, Pete's on a mission. He's been he's been away. He like disappeared for four days. And now now MacGyver finds him at his apartment, Pete's apartment. He's like, Pete, you left for four days. Yeah. He's like, nobody was here to water your plants. And Pete's like, what? He's like, don't worry. Your landlady let me in. <laughs> Which is funny. I'm like, why? I'm thinking, wait, Pete has an apartment? Of course he has an apartment because he's divorced. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't do it. He always spends all his time at his office. You never, this is the one, maybe the first time we've seen yeah. the inside of Pete's apartment. Right. It's a nice, it's a cushy little place. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I'm it's like, probably okay. a fridge full of ginger ale and a freezer full of shaved ice. How do you, th- that, that's it. And that's it. <laughs> that's all he lives. How, how do you think MacGyver got the landlady to give him the keys? Oh, I think you know. They played a game of, of like air ho- table hockey. Maybe yes, that's that what was, it was. That was it. That was it. They played some. They played some table hockey and little, they... little tonsil hockey in between. <laughs> yeah, because we see the landlady later on in the episode, and she's a middle. She's not. She's younger than Pete. Yeah. So it would be totally within Max Rain to, <laughs> to take this lady down the street for Ma- some air hockey. Mac attack. <laughs> a little Mac attack. Jeez. She's she's no Susan. But oh, Susan, that's okay. Um, so yeah, so MacGyver is at his house, and Pete's like, "Yeah, no, it's true. Like, I I left. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Pete? I resigned." But MacGyver's like, "You should probably go get your job back. I think this is probably the best. Like, you're just gonna give up this quickly." Nah, I'm good. And they go back and forth, and Pete's like, "Well, this will give me some more time to focus on, uh, you know, I can write my book." What are you gonna do, Pete? What are you gonna do? He's like, I'll write my book, and or I could go camping, or I could go you fishing. You hate camping. He's like, you hate fishing. He's like, well, then I'll go camping. He's like, you hate camping. And then MacGyver hits him with a low blow, and he says, "This." I want you back, Pete. It's not the same without you. Oh, do you uh, hear hear him kind of like choke back? A, it's not the same uh, without you. Oh, oh, it's just in the face. <laughs> it's like total puppy dog MacGyver is back. As of that moment. Oh, puppy MacGyver. But Pete's literally just like, he's like, okay, cool. Okay, nope, go. I'm good. Thanks. See you later. Bye. He's like, and so MacGyver's like, listen, like this Weber guy, he's way too gung-ho. Like he doesn't know his limitations of being in your position. And Pete's like, well, I know my limits now and I'm telling you to leave. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) like, okay, I'll see you later. Holy shit. Yeah, just keeps forcing him. Okay, goodbye. See ya. So MacGyver 
uh, it, he kind of starts heading back to talk to Weber, and Weber is now moving all of his items into Pete's old office, right? Including is, a weird shrunken head. I know that he earlier was joking, was saying was was a head of a, a DXS agent that screwed up. Oh, it's probably MacGyver's dad. Oh my god, he didn't actually go off the bridge. <laughs> Weber's doing some voodoo shit on him, but so that means Weber would have done it when he was a kid as well. Yeah, <laughs> Weber's older than Mac, but not by much. Maybe, no, maybe ten years, if that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, that's all. So he tells Nikki, he's like, listen, Nikki, I'm going to pull you from the Amundi assignment. And you're like, you're not, you're no longer going to be head of security on this one. What? But Aww. I'm promoting you to the head of research. And she's like, head of research, huh? Like she has that moment. Yeah. She's like, okay. But that she, sounds great. I don't think she said yes, though. Did she not say yes? No, she but she didn't. seemed really intrigued. She thought by the about thought it. He's like, it. you think about it, or something like that. Yeah. Because it comes back later when he, you know, when he says something about you should have taken the job or you should have stayed in research or something. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So I don't think she took it. But she's thinking that maybe because it sounded like at first she was going to take it because because then later in the episode I think that, well we'll get there but there's a scene where I thought that she had been listed as the head of research. Yeah. But anyway. So MacGyver shows up, and Weber's like, oh, hey, MacGyver, um, I've got some environmental projects for you to head up here if you're interested. And MacGyver's like, nah, I'm all set. I really want to go and do some more research on what happened with that missile. Like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, um, yeah, no, that's over. Like, that's done. We've already been cleared. Like, it's not sabotage. It was just a freak accident. P- Mac's like, yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and just double check on that, okay? <laughs> I don't trust you. <laughs> and I love it because, like, he's like, listen. There's nothing we can do for Pete. Pete may have known that it was time for him to move on, basically, was mm-hmm. his, his sentiment there. He's like, I think Pete knew it was his time to go. Right. And MacGyver's like, yeah, no, you, we're going to go ahead and just investigate that first. <laughs> we're we're going to go. Thanks, though. Wouldn't but, take no for an answer. I, I sort of wish that there was an overall, like a one final shot on Weber, because at one point it looked like he was starting to get nervous. Because yeah. Mac's like, I'm going to go ahead and research that. And I, I wish there was one last shot as Mac was leaving to say, like, I'm going to go ahead and just do this anyway. Yeah. Just right. to see his face. And I think, because you get that sense that... Oh, Weber's just a schmuck. But then in the next scene, he he clearly has no idea or care that MacGyver is probably going to find him out. Right. <laughs> he just doesn't care. It's just weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So Amundi arrives at Union Station, <sighs> and Weber shows up. Uh-huh. And... Uh, MacGyver is now at the disassembly station. Right, he goes. He goes back to the nuclear d- d- uh, the, where they're taking the missiles apart. Yes, walks in, sees the security guard. Hey, buddy, you know, they, they knew each other. Good old Sam. And that Sam, that's is where Sam says, "Hey, that that guard you saved, he, or, he, or the guy you saved, he's going to be fine." Oh I'm yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's fine. Okay. Oh great. Hey, Thanks. Mind if I poke around for a bit? This is another instance, though, of like really just when people just give in too easily because Sam initially is like. You know, I really can't let you do that. Like, you know, Nikki's the the head of research now. Like, she's she needs to give you the go. And he's like, oh, come on. This is for Pete. This is for Pete. Oh, yeah. And I love it. He's just like, oh, wow. What are friends for? Yeah. And he just lets him go. <laughs> lets him go in there. And he starts digging around. And Max starts looking at stuff. And then the door opens again. And, and who comes through but Nikki? And she's like, oh, MacGyver. Did you let him in here? Is it okay for him to be in here? And, and the guard's like, I guess so. She's like... Yeah, and she's like offended that MacGyver's involving himself and in the new in this in this whole thing. And this is like this is now Nikki's department. Right, she's in the research department now, and um, and well, that's the point where I was like, and now I hate Nikki again yeah. because she's completely come offing as coming off come offing as a bitch. Yeah, she's just such a 
turd. Like she's she's so one <laughs> like there's no there's no reciprocity with her. She's just no. she's just like pff, always the same. Oh, it's always the same. It's awful. It's just frustrating. But anyway, they they have some words and MacGyver kind of snaps at her and says, "You know, well, something about like caring about I care about Pete." Or whatever and she's like that i care about pete too you've known yeah. him for less than a year you yeah. dipshit you don't have to get mad <laughs> but then MacGyver's like you know i'm sorry whatever and which i like that actually yeah. it was a nice moment and you could tell nikki really did accept the apology because yeah. she knows that macgyver is clearly going through something and as they're having this conversation macgyver's still like poking around with his eyes and he's looking at the the pieces of the of the missile and he kind of like sticks his head inside one of the compartments and he goes huh well that's weird there's uh there's an electrical booster in here, and it doesn't really seem to have been affected by the fire. What do you mean? And she kind of like takes out his Swiss Army knife, and he pops the top off, and he right. shows her, and he's like, this is not part of the pump mechanism. Uh, this Pete, clearly wasn't blown up in the explosion. Pete, like, Pete and I built these or designed this, and that, that, or that's, did. <laughs> that's not on the original design specs. It, it's not? No. Nope. Like he's Nikki like, no. <laughs> someone tampered with this. Are you saying sabotage, MacGyver? No. Someone tampered with this. Yes, he is. So, so you're <laughs> yes, he is saying sabotage. So yeah, so he's like, he's like, he figures, he assumes, he's like, okay, well, clearly somebody sabotaged this pump, and they're assuming that the fire was going to destroy all the evidence, but clearly it didn't because that was the electrical boost. He said that's what caused the fire, which I think it's hilarious. So he's going to find proof that this was Pete, it wasn't Pete's fault, and he immediately tampers with the evidence by picking up, picking it apart, and giving it to Nikki. Right. Right. It's like, wait a second. This is now. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is probably because they're trying to make Pete look incompetent or incontinent, either one. You know, I bet Pete's had a few instances where he couldn't quite make it to the bathroom. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so they they go to Pete. Oh, man. So MacGyver and Nikki go to Pete and they're like, listen. No, they don't go to Pete yet. They try to inform Pete of the discovery. Do they? At this point. I, oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, but they learn, but this is when they learn that like Pete's like disappeared. Oh, like, that's They have right. no idea where he that's is. That's right. They go to his apartment and Pete's not there. This is when we see the landlady let him in again. Okay, and then they have some they have some falling out again. Like MacGyver and she's like I got to go to I yes. got to go to bring this to Matthew. Yeah. Or something. He's like I can't, okay. Like MacGyver's like don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Let's keep it amongst ourselves. He's like, it's my job. I have to tell Matthew. Right, because at this point, MacGyver kind of admits to Nikki. He was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Weber has something to do with this since he's got the most to gain by taking Pete's job. Right. And, oh, that's right, because he starts confronting Nikki about her seeing Weber right. outside of right. work like, um, like uh, romantically. And he's like, come on, Nikki, you should know about this guy. Like He's done all this like clandestine stuff over the years, really shady shit. Yeah. And she's like, whatever, MacGyver. And she's getting real pissy with him. And so finally, yeah. as she's about to storm out, she's like, fine. You know what? You do what you have to do, and I'll do what I have to do. Okay. All right, cool. So I'm going to go ahead and do what I was going to right. What I was doing. So you're going to go? All right, all right. See ya. Can I get a ride back now? Yeah, because okay. the idea is that Weber, is, MacGyver's point was Weber is perfectly capable of doing this. Oh, yeah. Of pulling this off. That's oh, what he does. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a so, smarmy bastard. Yes. We've said that so many times. I love that word. Smarmy is one of my favorite words. It is pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Nikki goes off to find Weber. And now this is where I think the train issue comes in. Is that where yeah, the same so point? this is where, so Weber and his men are getting ready to kidnap Amundi. And what's the matter? Uh, Is there a fruit fly on your beer? A few fruit flies in my beer. I apologize. I'll have to reset the trap. Anyway, so Nikki goes to see her, to see Weber, and uh, Nikki is like, listen, this is what MacGyver found. Like, you have to... You have to know what MacGyver found. 
and immediately Weber just pulls a gun this on is, her. No, this is out of order. No, it's not yet, because right after this is when Sam calls the security, and Pete's like standing in the dark at the disassembly, because they kidnap him at the beginning of Act 4. Right at the end of Act 3 is when they fire off the, tran- the tranquilizer We guns. haven't even talked about that yet. Right, we're not there yet. Yeah, we are. Because Mac has to talk to Pete at the disassembly station. What? Yeah. Because I, I, we're out of order no, here. We're not. We have to I be. I promise you, we're not out of order. Okay, okay, we're out of order because <laughs> I right. promise you, we're not out of order. I, uh, ju- I watched this three hours ago. All right, I disagree. <laughs> so Weber pulls a gun on Nikki and was like, "You know what? I don't think you're going anywhere. You're going to sit down right now." And he basically like outs himself mm-hmm. in front of Nikki, and Nikki sort of immediately was like, "Okay, so MacGyver was right. Yeah, <laughs> MacGyver was right about this the whole time." So she sits down, and then we see Sam. MacGyver sees Sam again. He's like, yeah, Pete just got here a little while ago. He's over there. And we see this like silhouette of Pete leaning up against the disassembled missile. Uh-huh. And MacGyver goes over to him and was like, listen, here's what just happened. Like, This was sabotage. There was an electrical booster inside the machine that did, that, that did this. Like, You mm-hmm. had nothing to do with this. And, and Pete immediately is like, wait, what? Yeah. Sabotage yeah. like buys it instantly. I love I know. He's like, wait, I love that. I think he even said he was like, Sabotage? He's like instant vindication. <laughs> Pete's like, What? And so Pete goes like starts going by the books. He's like, Well, we need to follow every protocol. We need to do this, 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 and this. If we're gonna bring him down, and MacGyver's like, Listen, Weber has done terrible things to your office. He got rid of all of your old employees, he gutted your office, he got, he took care of he gutted the old division, everyone's gone. Yeah. He's like, all of his men have now taken over in positions that all of your old colleagues were a part of. And he's like, you don't believe me? Right. And, and MacGyver's like, well, I wonder if you really did retire then. Because you see Pete getting like, yeah, like Pete's I, getting like riled up. But he's like, it's not my fight anymore. It's not my job. It, he's got you know, to prove this stuff now. And MacGyver's just literally ready to cold cock Yeah, but he's like, Pete. Yeah, he, he, but he's like, he took your job by, by default, but you didn't do anything wrong. Right. But, so and, we need to get you. Need, you should get your job back. So basically, he's <laughs> like, "You want to? Sh- you want to see? I'll show you." And that's when they go upstairs in the the facility, right? And log into this computer. But right before they do that is when we see uh, the uh, Weber's men. Mm-hmm. They trank. They start tranking all of Amundi's men, and then they kidnap him. And it, they're the loudest tranquilizer guns ever. Yeah. They sound like actual bullets yes. going into these men. Mm-hmm. So they tranquilize Amundi's men. Then they take Amundi as Weber is now walking into the other train car with Nikki. Right. So this is where I thought it was the other way around because I thought they got Amundi first because Weber got pulled away. Right. But that's where I... Yes. Yes. So yeah. this is where... Now this is what you were saying where Pete is trying to get into the foundation computer. Yeah. They're like in an office and try- he's conf- he finally confirms that MacGyver was correct. Yeah. That, like Weber was behind this because they see a detailed assault plan mm. for the basically the assault on Amundi's train car. And you were saying that it's, it, was a, it was a DOS program. It's like... Yeah, it's all clunky <laughs> and boxed. It looks like some little stick figures like next to the train. Oregon Trail assault plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that Pete's password... Is agenda, <laughs> yeah. To get into his systems, and Max like, are you kidding me? Huh. Well, it's like, oh, that's the only thing I can remember. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they learn that they're that they're gonna kidnap Amundi. Right. So this is where you and I were coming into the issues with when they're trying to interrogate Amundi. So this I, is I what am, they do to interrogate well, him. I'm a, I was just my timeline. I was convinced that that they kidnapped Amundi first, and 
and then Nikki showed up, and then Weber had to go talk to Nikki. No, but it was the other. It way was around. the other way yeah, around, right? Because then Weber, after Amundi gets kidnapped, Weber comes in to the train right. with Nikki in hand. Now this whole situation of uh, kidnapping this guy was insanely stupid. Yes. So two guards are air darted outside, yep. tranked out. Yep. And then there's one or two guards inside the train car. Yes. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So they take Amundi out of the train car right next to them on the, the, uh, to the adjacent track open the sliding baggage door and put them inside yeah and that's it yep that's it yeah that's where i had the issue <laughs> not that and also with then he was about to like chemically inter- interrogate armundi yeah he was telling him the like he's like if i inject you with this he's like 10 cc's Will have will cause so much pain that you're not even going to know. You throw twenty cc's has been known to cause heart attacks. Right. But I'm going to give you ten minutes to think about it. Right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> give you a little bit to think about it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And you could see Amundi getting real nervous. Yeah. At that point. But for like such a hardcore guy, he was pretty quiet. I don't know. Yeah. The whole Amundi thing seemed pointless. He didn't try to fight. No. He didn't try to like put up a fight for that. He was right. just waiting for. Uh, yeah. Um, ugh, whatever. So. He takes Nikki outside because he's about he's gonna kill her. He's like, obviously we we can't we can't have Nikki be part of this. And MacGyver and Pete arrive and ambush him. Yeah, they get Nikki. They release Nikki and Weber starts running. But rather than have the the younger guy go after Weber, Pete just takes off. Yeah, Pete sprinting in the middle of the night down this train yard. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good in the dark in the rain. Oh, it was amazing on it's foot. A great a great fight because when Pete catches up to him, he like tackles Weber to the ground. Yeah, like from the like he did. Um, <laughs> oh no, like MacGyver attacked Pete the first time in they the met. Murdoch episode. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. yes. That's exactly like, what it was. Pete's horizontal hits the guy like mid mass. Boom, knocks him over. And and um. You think Pete's going to get the upper hand here, but immediately Weber flips it and mercilessly beats the shit out of Pete. Yeah, like kicks his ass. But then Pete turns the whole thing around and turns and Pete is a boss. Yeah. In this and just like pummels Weber to the Beats ground. Beats the crap. Like Weber said some comment about you're too old, you can't fight. And then Pete's on the ground and Weber starts coming over and Pete like kicks him. Oh, yeah. And then gets up and just starts like good boxing, like cracking him in the face. Bam, bam, bam. Knocks him out cold. Knocks him unconscious. Yeah. Um, so we cut back to MacGyver and Nikki who are trying to get in to release Amundi. And uh, MacGyver ends up, he, he pumps some steam from the top of the train into the mail car mm-hmm. to force the two agents like he blows it down the chimney yeah because there's like a little stove in there and it blows soot and ash and all kinds of crap all over the and place he's, he forces two of the dsx agents out of right out of the out of the car yeah because um, they can't breathe they're like coughing and all this stuff yeah and so macgyver they t- takes them out fairly easily and he goes over to find out what happened to pete and we hear this like <laughs> and we see coming out of the coming out of the mist, Pete on a luggage cart on the train, and yeah. uh, Weber is just unconscious, and Pete's got like his big fat lip. It's like Ugh. <laughs> all gnarly, like he's just obviously in a huge fight. It's great, and he's in massive amounts of pain. He's like, "Oh, my teeth are loose. I can't <laughs> figure out what he's trying to say." And Pete's like, "You know what? I really do wonder if I'm getting too old for fighting." But MacGyver's like, "You know what? You are in your prime, sir. You just took out a guy probably maybe not half his age, yeah. but." Fairly, fairly younger. Yeah, and right. Pete's just like trying to laugh, but he's in so much pain because his <laughs> face is all bloodied and bruised. Yeah, like pretty fast, like swelled up really quickly. 
So we get a very, very, very loose resolution to the Amundi thing because we never see Amundi being released from the train car. No. Because then the next scene, he's like, there's a news conference with him and he makes this statement where he like half jokingly says that he's like, well, you know, I probably would have done the same thing in Weber's position, but I love America. I love And then America. he shuts the TV off. Right. It's just like, <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. It didn't seem necessary for like because you get Weber's the, like a mole of foundation like there could right. have been a better scenario for Weber because the whole thing was that Weber sabotaged the missile right it, the whole episode could have been about Pete and MacGyver trying to like figure out who the mole was it was like instead of shoehorning in this really really so if bad this was plot, a two hour movie this plot would have been really interesting because there's so many facets to it so oh, many yeah. sections but it, it was just unnecessary first off Weber we've never seen him before no we're never gonna see him again probably not so he he, he shows up he sabotages one of Pete's projects and then gets Pete booted and then tries to assassinate or whatever this this diplomat or right. not even a diplomat this right guest of the country yeah like it, just so much stuff for this one-off character to do that works for the phoenix foundation yep it's just i don't it seemed weird it did it did and then like i said like they shoehorned in this whole plot about the kidnapping of this like they could have thought there could have been a way better scenario right. to play out to try to out this mole mm-hmm. than that storyline so Nikki sort of apologizes to Pete for not believing uh believing him and she she walks out holding the shrunken head that belonged to Weber and she God. was like he's going to need someone to talk to while he's in there yeah. and then she storms off and MacGyver and Pete share a final moment in there meaning prison in prison obviously yeah clearly yeah. cuz Weber is going to prison for yeah. what he just tried to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so pete and macgyver have a last final conversation and uh we'll let we'll let that we'll let that little bit take over <laughs> here it's pretty funny because pete pete has a good moment which we will never see the resolution to oh pete now that you got your old crew back what are you gonna do well i've got jarvis getting the disarmament program back on track and uh, you're gonna be on that and then i'm gonna take a little time off going back to school school that's right karate school this is the last time that anybody decks me with their foot. Hey! 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 <laughs> I love MacGyver's reaction. He's just like, <laughs> just like a really uncomfortable uh, yeah. laugh. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Pete. Pete's going to go and be a karate master. Ah, yes. Master Peter Thornton. A karate master. <laughs> We're never going to see any sort of closure to that. Nope, the same closure that we had with the freaking rowing machine that ended up in a pile <laughs> in his closet. Pete's rower. Yeah. I forgot about right. that. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's just, but again, it's this. It's the curse of like any show of that era. It's just like they, just that really like wrap everything up nicely. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pete's going to karate school. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, nothing, and that's the end of the episode. That's like, it. Um, what What did you think of the episode overall? I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So let me see here. Okay. All right. I I, I have a few a few comments. A few comments. I didn't really like the way that they took out all the security guards. It was far too easy. Oh, absolutely. Like I wanted to know more about like the nuclear dismem- dismemberment dismantling program. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, they could have done more with that. But let's see. So I gave it. I gave it a. Oh, my f- computer's being retarded. Oh, Gregory. Excuse me. That wasn't very politically correct. That's all right. It's being, well, it's not okay, but you're It's being cool. a dumb, dumb head. You're okay. So one mullet for trains, because I like trains. Yeah. In a train yard, I thought that was fun. Great chases through the through the, uh, yeah. through the platforms under cars and stuff. Really cool. I gave it a mullet for Pete and Mac playing hockey. 
Yes. Yeah. Because you really, this is the first time, other than some previous episodes where Mac's kind of practicing, like yeah. as a pastime, Pete and Mac are like getting their asses kicked and beating each other up yeah. over hockey. It's good. It's good fun. And then um, one mullet for Pete's dive tackle. Oh, yes. At the end. Yes. That was worth it. That was totally good. I mean, so, I mean, it was an entertaining episode. Oh, I got another one. One mullet for Max Defiance when basically he told Matthew, nah, I'm not going to do that. That was great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So, four mullets. I mean, I okay. didn't expect, as it started, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But, excuse me, it grew. It grew and it got better and it was pretty fun. Yeah, I thought so. So, I went... Um, one mullet for for Pete's midnight train yard fight <laughs> slash chase. That. Midnight train yard fight. Pete's midnight train yard fight chase. Um, mm-hmm. One mullet for the I want you back scene. Yeah, just because puppy dog Ma- MacGyver makes his triumphant return uh, in in the best way. Uh, one mullet for Pete's tearful resignation. More for me because it was very emotional. I just watching that whole thing go down. I thought it was great. And then one mullet for Pete besting Mac in hockey with at least three pucks. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so I ended up going with the four mullet episode as well. Like overall, it was good. I didn't like I didn't like the stuff with the Mundi just because it didn't seem to really go anywhere. They just were using it as leverage for Pete and MacGyver trying to out the mole, right? Um, sure. But there could I feel like there was a better way to do it. But it wasn't enough for me to take away from it and say it was a bad episode because mm-hmm. the the stuff that was good outweighed that. Because you know if you take out the Amundi stuff, you're really looking at maybe s- uh, six minutes. Right. Five or six minutes of episode that right. you're losing. Yeah. Because you could have changed some lines of dialogue at the beginning about talking about Amundi coming in. Could have changed that. It I think it could have been. It could have been about something else because that character didn't make any sense. It was unneeded. It, exactly. Um, but overall, it was it was a good episode, I thought. It was uh, definitely not. I don't know if it was one of the best episodes of the season so mm-hmm. far, but it was definitely up there and probably like middle of the road, maybe nearing the top. But, right. Um, definitely not near my best. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I think we can agree that it was just, it was a pretty solid episode. It was, it was fun. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So Greg. Yes. Would you like to know what's coming up in the next episode? Does Greg say no ever? No. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So the next episode (laughs) is season three, episode 13, Thin Ice. Thin Ice. Remember that game as a kid? Thin I Ice. I do. I do. It was a paper. great game. Piece of paper. You got wet. Oh yeah. Marbles. It was the best game in the world. Thin Ice. It was. Oh, the other one I'm thinking about was Don't Break the Ice. Yeah, the one with the little hammer. We got the little guy in the middle, and you have to put those blocks in really tight. And yeah. You, you hammer them out. But I liked the Thin Ice one with the wet towel because it was all <laughs> stuff that you you didn't have to buy. Right. It was just you buy the board, but like uh-huh. you just keep reusing paper towels. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, season three, episode thirteen, Thin Ice. Before he can help his old hockey coach take a Minnesota team to the state championship, MacGyver must first rein in the star player's violent temper. Whoa. So Max back on the ice in this episode, in this next episode. Max back on the ice, doing what he loves to do. He's gonna be. I bet he's gonna be a dick of a coach. Yeah, he's gonna be a real tool. Absolutely, so belligerent. You yeah. really see it come out. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Mullets and Memories. If you liked what you heard, uh, feel free to email us at uh, letusblowyourmind at gmail.com. Greg's going to provide the background music during this during the shameless plug session. You can find us on Facebook at blowyourmind.com. No, you can't. Champa Klein, Blow Your Mind. Um, you can find us on Twitter at blowyourmind14, Instagram at Champa Klein, champaklein.com is our website where you can find all three of our shows, um, all the archived episodes you can ever, ever want or not want, if that might be the case. Probably never want. 
You'll probably never want to listen to those, even though there are some doozies in there. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, let us know how we're doing. Uh, we're just going to keep cranking these bad boys out. We're really loving it and hoping you guys enjoy listening to us. So for Mullets and Memories this week, I am your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Well, then maybe it's time for a